aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. Welcome aboard ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate you listening to last week's show and uh, we appreciate all the feedback. We had a great time, had a couple of drinks, uh, casual cocktails with Nick, had some Johnny Walker Blue and we talked about some of the, uh, you know, just cruises of past and you know some of the great times that we've had. We all know uh, we're not necessarily the prototypical type of cruises. We do get into some, you know, questionable, wacky behavior and stuff like that. And you've uh, seemed to, over the years, a couple of years we've been doing this, have sort of gravitated towards that. So we appreciate you coming along for the ride. Uh, Before we go any further, we're excited to welcome in Juliana from Tourist to Local on YouTube. And a little bit of background on her. I mean, it's a great story. I was, like I said, I was looking up, uh, you know, we have the upcoming cruise on the Carnival Horizon to the Southern Caribbean and a couple of stops in the, uh, I guess, Eastern Caribbean, you might say. And, uh, I saw we're stopping at La Romana, and none of us really knew. I don't even know if that's how you say it, right? La Romana, La Romana. It's one of the few Caribbean islands that I have not yet been to, and I wanted to do a little research on it. So I looked it up on YouTube, and Juliana has her page, and there was a stop there, I guess, because she was an employee of Carnival Cruise Lines, and um, she was part of the entertainment staff that uh, there. So she spent a couple of contracts doing that, and she had a great, great video on things to do in La Romana. So we checked it out and then we noticed that she has a bunch of other videos up there and her kind of, I guess, content spreads across a wide variety of topics, mostly having to do with travel. But like a lot of shows and like this show out there, she lets you in behind the curtain a little bit. So you get to get a bird's eye view of her. You get to know her a little bit, her boyfriend, her family, uh, and her sister and stuff like that. And aside from the really, really good wealth of travel information, you're also going to get a chance to get to know who she is a a little bit. She's a one-person operation for the most part. She does a great job editing. She's very, very smooth. Just the minute you see her, you know that she knows what she's doing and she was kind of meant to do this and born to do this. And we will cover that and a lot of other things. Like I said, she did spend a couple of contracts working on a cruise ship in the entertainment department, and we talk about, you know, one of our favorite topics to cover on this show is a lot of times the behind-the-scenes things on cruise, uh, uh, you know, as far as the crew on cruising and their relationship with us, and it's kind of funny because, you know, she could tell that we did our homework here, and we kind of know what it's like, uh, you know, through our research and, you know, the whole cones thing. You get a really funny reaction from her when I actually bring up the term cones because you know not to not to not to spoil anything but you'll hear the interview but we did a great job I mean she did a great job coming on with us and it was awesome uh, also looking forward to next week's show I had Beatrix on and she just got off a Cuba vacation it wasn't a cruise it was a land-based vacation but at the same time we all know we're all excited about Cuba and you know ever since the lines have been open for you to take cruises to Cuba a lot of you have been looking to do that and a uh, big shout out to uh, Matthew and Thelma because we just booked them on a Cuba cruise and it kind of like happened at the right time. We talked to them. We got them all booked up. They're ready to go to Cuba but then overcomes Beatrix and she's actually in France now. So yeah, tough life being Beatrix too, right? Goes from Cuba. Now she's in Paris watching the French Open. Doing a thing. She works hard. She plays hard. Good for her. But uh, I had her in studio and she was very, very happy to give us a couple of minutes talking about, you know, all things Cuba, you know. So there's a lot of good, I guess, very eye-opening 
opening things you're going to get from that interview listening to Beatrix, and that's going to be next week's episode. So uh, oh, always at the top of the show, we'd like for you to follow me on Instagram, which is always be booked. All you have to do is search that. And you know what we do on Instagram. It's basically pictures. It's memes. It's deals. It's whatever kind of is happening. You know, again, no rhyme or reason to what we're putting together. Check out the Instagram. Also, the lounge. By the way, we upgraded, guys. We used to be the the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. You know, we applied for this to the uh, Ultra Lounge Association of America maybe a couple of months ago. We got the letter in the mail back today that we have been upgraded to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge. So find us there. It is a closed group, but all you have to do is uh, search Always Be Booked uh, Cruisers Ultra ultra lounge and we will let you right in by the way let's talk about a little bit of the controversy that went on in there today <laughs> no big deal listen marty's you guys know from the start from the start anybody who's listening to this if you if you're new to the podcast understand this we're not necessarily politically correct we don't go out of our way by any means to try to offend anybody but at the same time you know what we're a little off the cuff we're a little uh how would you say we don't necessarily uh, guard all words in every sense. And what I would like to ask of you guys is to maybe see what you could do about if you do see something that offends you, you know, maybe just move on, dust yourself off and carry on with your day. I saw this uh, YouTube video, I think it was like the, uh, I don't, I don't even know what it was, but it was just like a, he was like the political cowboy or something. I don't know what he was. And he just was like a, if you want to look that up, he was just very eloquent in how he described it. You know, we're all going to be offended by things. And uh, the, the truth is, is that every time you're offended by something, it's not your God-given right to just be like, I want that eliminated. You know what I'm saying? We sometimes have to just look at things, get a little offended. And especially, you know what, if, some, if things on this show offend you if over 50% of the things that happen on this show end up being offensive to you I don't see how or why like I said we're not looking to offend anyone Uh, but uh, if they end up being that way then you know what maybe the show's not for you but if you like 90% of the content and then maybe 10% you may see something that you may not like or you can do without I know what that feels like I totally knows what that feel, know what that feels like because I watch comedians all the time and uh, I watch movies. I listen to music and I you know listen to artists and you know here and there and everywhere. I, I will I will be on board with most things, but then every once in a while, somebody that you care about, that you like, that you're a fan of, that you enjoy, might hit that little nerve. That little nerve that just you know that nerve I'm talking about. That nerve that just says, "Hey man, I didn't really like that. I didn't really like that." A lot of times you have to just suck it up, though. You know, if it continuously happens, yeah, I get it. You know what? That's just a space you should probably remove yourself from. But, you know, if it's here and there, I think part of, you know, what we're going through in this society in general, not that we need to give commentary on society, but, you know, it's it's never been like this before, the divisiveness. And I think a big step towards ending that will just everybody just calming down a little bit and being like, you know what? I don't need to. It's not your responsibility to have me agree with everything you say. So I tell you that only to tell you this, I guess. There was a post by uh, our buddy King Marty, uh, who we love in the Facebook Cruisers uh, Ultra Lounge. Ultra Lounge, by the way. Uh, that uh, there was, It was just like a, it was a joke. It was like, and there was a sexuality reference made to it. That's it. It wasn't anything crazy. And then somebody got offended by it and said something about reporting that and this and that. And then there's a fight. When do we become politically correct? And there's a little bit of back and forth. Seems to have died down, which is great. I appreciate that. Appreciate it not getting off the rails. But at the same time, I would just say, hey, 
I'm sorry to anybody who was offended. And I'm not going to be the one to say that I know where the line should be drawn. But I guess in, as it pertains to this and this, uh, you know, this platform and this show and this uh, Facebook group, I guess I am that person, unfortunately. Not that I want to be. But, you know, I didn't think what Marty, Marty did and what Marty posted was over the top. So. And uh, I will just ask, you know, whoever was offended by it, just kind of suck it up and move along. Anyway, that's about it. So always be booked uh, Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Also, please uh, check us out on YouTube. We put some videos up there. I got a YouTube video coming up. It's been a little crazy, so I'm trying to get that video from uh, my visit to the uh, Carnival Horizon naming ceremony up. It is 75% done as far as editing the video. Then I have to do the voiceover for it, and we'll get that done. It might get done tonight, so check that out. Look for that that's on uh youtube uh always be booked also we all talk about it you guys love the email sections you guys love uh when the listeners fire back and they have some stuff to say they have some questions comments concerns corrections and we love it too so the way to keep that going is to keep sending me emails tommy at alwaysbebooked.com please keep them coming and uh the best way you could possibly help the show if you enjoy it is to share it with a friend if you like what you're hearing if you enjoy it you know i say What we try to do is try to connect, inform, and entertain. Those are the three goals. That's simple. That's what it boils down to. And if this show does that for you, after a while, give it a, you know, give it, give it a share. Share it with somebody. Put it in a group. Let your friend know about it. You know, some people don't don't even like to cruise that much. Listen to this show. They just enjoy the show. So that's what it is. That's pretty much it. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. Well. Thank you guys for joining me, and uh, let's get, without further ado, let's get going. Let's start off with the cruise news. All right, let's get this party started in Australia. Is there a better place in the world to start a party? Uh, I don't know. Australia, I haven't heard from you guys much lately, my people down under. Uh, Either way, we have some cruise news. While I'm going to say this, the main story out of Australia, as far as I'm concerned, will be for the next year or so that my beloved Carnival Splendor is headed your way and possibly forever. Uh, There's new news out of Brisbane. Is it Brisbane? Brisbane? I know people are fickle about how they say city sometimes. It's like Louisville. Louisville. Looks like Louisville. If you're not from there, you say Louisville because that's, I mean, I can read. It says Louisville. No, no, no. You got to say Louisville. Louisville. Same with Tempe. I lived in Tempe, Tempe for a little while. Not living there, I always called it Tempe. Tempe, Arizona. No, it's Tempe. Tempe. You got to give that little upswing at the end so that, you know, you act like you're excited about being in Tempe. I don't know. Anyway, Carnival Cruise Lines just announced that the Carnival Spirit will be the first ever ship to home port in Brisbane year round. She's not going to arrive there until 2020, but her itineraries will include year round runs to Vanatau. Is it is that right? I'm sorry, Vanuatu and New Caledonia. In addition, the ship will offer quick hitters to destinations in North Queensland. And we have a quote this time from Carnival's Vice President Australia, uh, Jennifer Vanderdreek. She says, "Queenslanders have embraced Carnival's free-spirited family." Is that a little subliminal right there? It's the Carnival spirit, so we're uh, giving you compliments for embracing the free-spirited family. Well, the spirit ain't free, that's for damn sure. Family-friendly fun since our arrival in 2012. Since then, we have welcomed nearly 75 thousand Queenslanders on Carnival cruises from Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, we've decided to announce that with the new cruise terminal, we'll be all, we'll be able to offer Queenslanders the opportunity to sail on Carnival right from their doorsteps. So, people of Australia. 
Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you want to weigh on on whether you think you guys might be excited about the fact that Carnival Spirit is heading to your hood, let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's pretty much out of Australia. Again, guys, we miss you guys from Australia. Let us know. Be a presence. You guys are always a presence on the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast and in the uh, what is now the Ultra Lounge, the uh, Always Be Booked group on Facebook. And, uh, you know, usually you're a very, very polite and fun bunch, except for when you're starting fights and getting kicked off cruise ships in the middle of the ocean. But, uh, you know, hey, what can you say? There goes the neighborhood, right? <laughs> So when you think of uh, Hawaii, you think of a beautiful place to be, and you think of uh, just a tourist destination, and when you think of their uh, economic resources, what do you think of first? Uh, you probably have to say tourism, and if you said that, you'd be right. What could affect that resource any more than a giant volcano? So unfortunately, we have a giant volcano in Hawaii, and the eruption of the uh, Kilauea has crushed uh, the volcano has crushed the tourist industry of Hawaii for the month of May so far, and it is expected to continue to do so. As we speak now, the bookings are ahead of last year, uh, but you have to wonder how many of those bookings will actually be realized so long as the situation remains as volatile as it is. Forward Keys, now that's a company that predicts the direction of travel and tourism and provides the industry with an educated estimation on what regions should expect uh, as far as an increase or decrease in tourism across the board. I guess it's very useful, you know, so hotels can know how to staff or places know how to, what they, what they know how to expect. It just basically gauges trends and gives that information out. I don't know if they charge for it. I don't know if it's free. I don't know if it's government owned. But so originally they had data that international flight bookings to Hawaii were up by 5.4% this year, but that all changed after the eruption, and during the month of May, bookings actually took a 10% hit, and uh, we have a quote from Forward Key's CEO and founder, Olivier Yeager. Given the magnitude of media coverage, forward bookings to Hawaii are holding up surprisingly well. We are also aware that the vast majority of international visitors to Hawaii stay in Honolulu, which is on a far different island from the ones where the Kilauea is erupting, where Kilauea is erupting. Therefore, we believe that the messages from the governor and the Hawaiian Tourism Authority that the volcano is in a remote location over a hundred miles from the main tourist resort areas and that and the, the islands are open for business and have credibility and are to a significant significant extent being heated again that was from uh, <laughs> uh, forward keys CEO Olivier Jaeger does anyone else find it ironic that a guy named Jaeger is giving info to you about a fireball that's pretty funny right maybe a little bit no all right moving on boy was a uh, boy was that a joke in poor taste literally have you ever tried Jägermeister from a cruising standpoint as many as five cruise lines have already altered their itineraries as a result of the eruption uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines has temporarily suspended calls on Pride of America to the Big Island until further notice because of concern of mainly of air quality Senior Vice President Luigi Rosetto released the following statement, quote, please be informed that due to the uncertainties associated with the ongoing volcanic activity on the Big Island, it has been decided to take a Hilo and Kalawea and Kalawea Kona out of the POA itinerary until the situation is back to normal. So you have two different spins on it right there. If you're going to listen to Forward Keys, you know, it's not surprising that they're going to try to put a nice spin on it, but they're also not necessarily geared simply towards the, or strictly towards the cruise lines and the cruise activity. They're 
talking about across the board tourism, whereas cruises tend to do most of their uh, porting and, and, and traveling and, and docking on the big island. So that is where it's uh, a little bit of an issue. The revised itinerary will be an overnight in Honolulu, followed by two days in Kahalui and one day in Lahaina. Both of those are on Maui and then two days in Kahui. And then debarkation in Honolulu. I'm sorry, I may have butchered a few of those names, but, uh, you know, not necessarily the uh, aforemost expert on uh, Hawaii. So I do apologize. Uh, Hawaiians, if you're listening, Australians, anybody, Americans, let me know what the (laughs) correct pronunciations of those names are. This comes in the wake of having to cancel its stops in Hilo multiple times, or Hilo, Hilo. So it made sense to just cancel it altogether until things cool off over there. If you're keeping track at home, that is two unintentional puns. Uh, We asked the judges and wake and cool off both qualify. Princess Cruise Lines, Sea Princess, and Royal Caribbean's Radiance of the Seas have also avoided Hilo on certain itineraries. And the rich folks over on Crystal Cruises and Oceana have also been hit with some itinerary inconveniences as well. Uh, guests on those ships were visibly upset when they were told that they couldn't just pay the volcano to have its silly little eruption somewhere else. Ever wonder how many ocean-based cruise ships were at sea at any given time? Apparently, it's about 386 right now. But according to the 2018-2019 Cruise Industry News Annual Report, it looks like we are going up to 472 by 2027. uh, That doesn't include the ships that will be taken out of the water between now and then, but it was taken into account that um, there's a certain pace for the withdrawal of cruise ships. And at this point, it shows no signs of that pace accelerating. I don't know. Uh, you have about 11 fantasy sh- uh, class ships out there that could all go at any time, right? Fantasy class. I'm just kidding. This number is based on what is already in order, on order as far as ships go. And quite frankly, it's expected to increase over that time, uh, which theoretically would make up for any more ships that would be retired than expected. So in theory, if a combination of more ships than expected get built and less ships than expected get retired, we could have over 500 cruise ships at sea by 2027. And when you think about it, I mean, that is amazing. When you consider that in 1998, there were only 220. Yeah, I know. 1998 is ancient history to a lot of you millennials. But when you think about it, the industry will be well over 120, 130 years old by then. And that would mean that It basically doubled in the last just 29 years alone. Pretty cool. Even cooler to me is more ships means more inventory. And more inventory could, I say could, mean lower pricing based on, you know, the whole supply and demand. Now, we don't know because the reason these ships are being built is because there seems to be an explosion in the cruise industry. Now, if that's the case, it'll all even out. But if the cruise line gets a little, cruise lines get a little bit ahead of themselves and, uh, continue to build these monstrous mega ships, then uh, there could be some rooms that are available and they're going to be very motivated to fill those rooms, thus giving us a nice deal on the price. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new cruise ship. That's right. MSC took delivery of its 15th ship on Monday. Wow, 15 ships. The MSC Seaview. I got to check on that. Does that put them ahead of Norwegian in total ships? Probably not, but they're getting close. That's a strong fleet they're developing over there. Now they just have to learn that Americans don't like rude service, tiny dinner portions, and non-English operatic entertainment in the main theater on cruises. I'm not trying to be divisive, but I'm just saying as a whole, that's not what the American 
market typically wants. But get it, I'm, I'm playfully kidding with our friends over at MSC. Uh, what they have done over the past few years is pretty remarkable. They've been trying anything and everything to crack the North American market. And while they started out by selling cruises on Groupon, they now have some of the biggest and baddest ships at sea. And MSC Seaview is the new and shining example of just that. Now, when I say just that, they're not starting out in the North American market, uh, in the Western market at all. They're actually starting out in the Mediterranean, and they'll eventually work their way over to South America. Now, this ship is very similar to her sister, the Seaside, in that it has the revolutionary condo-style build, more of like a hotel than a traditional cruise ship when you look at the ship from behind. And uh, as usual, we have a a quote from uh, Pierre Francisco Vago, who is the executive chairman. Uh, I love these titles, senior VP, executive chairman, I gotta, I gotta formulate one of these titles for the Always Be Booked show, and you know, give it to myself. You know, the supreme overlord, ruler of all things, uh, always be booked. She, she was speaking of Seaview, or he, I'm sorry, he was speaking of Seaview, and he said she is an example of our commitment to bring the best and most innovative tonnage to the market, and our ambition to set each time a new standard in the industry. The Seaside class is yet another brand new, highly innovative prototype that we have introduced, the fifth to date since we entered the cruising industry only 15 years ago. Moreover, I am proud to say, together with her sister ship, the Seaside, it is the biggest ship ever built in Italy. Vago also added, we are increasing capacity at record speeds. The Seaview is the third ship to come into service just in just 12 months. These are very exciting times for us, and we are already merely nine months away from the completion of our next ship, the Bellissima, the first of the two Meraviglia-class ships that will come, o- come into service over a six-month period next year. Well, it's not the first because the Meraviglia, I'm sorry, the Meraviglia, already exist. Maybe they're talking about, because I know the Miravia is coming over to Miami. Maybe the Bellissima is too. Not really sure. Uh, as it leaves the shipyard, the Seaview will make a three-day voyage in her home port of Genoa, uh, or Genoa on June 7th, where she will be officially inaugurated and then sent out on her official sailing on June 10th. She will hit popular destinations such as Barcelona, uh, Naples and Messina and some others as well. By the way, she will enter service with the distinction of having three-star design classification by R-I-N-A. That's an acronym. Not sure what it stands for, but I do know it's a company that apparently has a lot to do with analyzing certain entities that are good or bad for the environment. This is based on, uh, they're getting this uh, Accolades based on having scrubbers that clean the gas, uh, having an advanced waste water treatment, and uh, they provide next level systems for the prevention of oil discharge from the machinery spaces that could ultimately or eventually end up into the sea. All right, moving on. Do you guys like to fantasize about things every once in a while? Yes. I know it's important to stay grounded. I know it's important to basically live in the real world, keep your eye on the ball, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Every once in a while, it's nice to close your eyes and fantasize, in this case, about a 106-night cruise around the world. And I mean literally around the world. Now, for many of you, even the most fanatic of cruise lovers, this sounds like a bit much, doesn't it? Well, Cones, 
Not to me. I would sign up for this tomorrow if I could. Princess Cruises, Sea Princess, has just departed Sydney, Australia. Big shout out. This is a heavy, heavy Australian mentions here. Again, man, love the Australia people. Give us a shout out. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Anyway, Sea Princess just departed Sydney, Australia on a journey that will circumnavigate the globe by covering some 32,000 nautical miles. Along the way, she will be hitting up 40 different destinations, and that will be across 27, 27 different nations. This marks the longest princess cruise ever to sail. And uh, senior VP, here we go with the titles again, Stuart Allison says the princess, quote, princess high guest repeat rates shows that more than ever, Australians are taking advantage of exploring the globe from their doorstep. As the destination experts, experts, we pride ourselves on creating exciting itineraries that lets that let our guests see the world with the convenience of sailing round trip from their local home port. Best of all, our guests only have to unpack once. Okay, so that's a quote that's based on just a general statement. Nothing to do with this incredible world cruise that's going to happen. And he uh, wins today's award for referencing the most overused generic euphemism in the cruising industry. You only have to unpack once. Yeah, I get it. It's true. And maybe I say it too sometimes. But, you know, this is a statement. you got a 106-day cruise going on. The longest cruise ever probably out of Australia, but also definitely the longest cruise ever for Princess Cruises. And uh, what are you going to say? You're going to cap it out with, you only have to unpack once. Do it. Allison, I think you could do better than that. Here you go. If you're listening to this, that's your challenge. I want a little more, a little better, a little more juice, a little more meat into that PR statement next time, please. Uh, please. So here's a crazy stat. There are 3,000 guests on board this cruise ship that are actually taking this world cruise, 106 nights, and 75% of them have already experienced a world cruise cruise with princess to me that is amazing and you know all kidding aside what a compliment to princess cruise lines all right that's it for the cruise news now let's get into the main topic of our show and welcome in juliana from taurus 2 local on youtube all right ladies and gentlemen we are back always be booked cruise podcast like i told you before i want to welcome in juliana juliana welcome to the show I'm so happy to be here. So, like I was kind of explaining, Juliana is a YouTuber. I don't know if you'd kind of classify yourself as that or a blogger or whatever, what have you. But uh, I came across her show just by kind of just doing a little bit of research for the upcoming cruise that I have to La Romana. And I just saw this. And I got to tell you first off the bat, I mean, we'll get into kind of your, your background or whatever. But what, are, are you are you trained in media at all? Or is it like, uh, is this just a hobby for you? What's the deal? Well, okay, growing up, I did so many musicals. I, I was always the type of person who loved to be a star, loved to be in the limelight. Um, I was also doing pageants growing up, so I had a lot of public speaking experience. Um, so I've always been in that kind of realm. But in terms of actual professional studies, I studied business, but my heart has always been to creating. So I decided to make a YouTube while I was studying abroad, just for fun, just for something to do on the side. I still don't do it full time. Um, I consider it a hobby, but yeah. So that's my background. So what is your what's your story? Where are you from? I'm from California. I graduated from Gonzaga University up in Spokane, Washington, two years ago. And right after graduation, I decided to work on a cruise ship because growing up with my family, we would do a lot of cruises. I loved it. It's my favorite way of vacationing. And so I thought, how cool would it be to work on a cruise ship? So I did that for a year, two contracts. And now I am a travel agent and I work remotely 
so I can be anywhere in the world, which is really cool. So it doesn't sound like it's a bad life to be Juliana, is it? Yeah, not at all. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> what type of operation are you? Are you a one-person operation? Are you doing everything? Because I got to tell you that, like I said, aside from just the polishness on air, the, the editing is on point as well. Do you edit everything yourself too as well? You're so sweet. Thank you. That really makes me happy to hear. I am a one-person show. I do all the filming, all the editing. Um, but lately, I have recruited one member of my team. As you can see on my channel, my boyfriend, Martin, he travels with me a lot. And so he helps hold the camera and stuff. And I'm slowly teaching him how to edit because he's starting his own channel. But yeah, as of now, I'm a one-person operation. That is amazing. And yes, you mentioned before that cruising is your favorite uh, means of travel. And uh God bless you because you are talking to a captive audience right now, definitely. And uh, I, I was like, so that's the first thing you said. So you did work on a cruise ship, and I was going to ask you about that first. Um, how did you end up just, uh, you, like you said, you were in entertainment and you were kind of a performer by nature, and you know, you had the, a, 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 an artist's soul. What put you on a cruise ship? How'd you end up there? Oh my gosh. So I always knew it was like my goal. Because, like I said, growing up, I did a lot of cruises. I was obsessed with Holland America at a very young age. It's kind of strange. Are you I, serious? That's such an older <laughs> audience. But as a child, I would go on Holland American cruises, and I was obsessed with the crew. They would treat me like the princess. And so I thought, from that moment on, I was like, I need to be a crew member because these people are so nice. And then I went on to do Royal Caribbean um, and some other cruises with my family. And when it went, when it came to college and, and graduation was quickly approaching, I had in my mind still that I wanted to have a cruise ship job. So I did some research, read a lot of material, and I saw that Carnival was the easiest company to get a start with um, because they tend to hire a lot of people who don't have a lot of experience. And they had a particular internship program that I was interested in. So I applied with a video submission, which went very well, considering I am a video maniac. And I got the job. And when they were on the phone with me, they said they completely forgot that I applied to be an intern, which is usually a three-month contract. And they just took me for a full-time position right away. Wow. That is <laughs> that, that's amazing. That's a little bit of an amazing run there. So you talk a little bit about and, – and on cruise ships specifically, you were, you were on the entertainment staff or pretty much or – I was on the entertainment staff, yeah. So I was a member of the fun squad, did all the trivias, karaoke, bingo, the craziness. Um, I danced the cha-cha slide about 20 times a week, and that was my job for a year. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the things I kind of uh, I kind of said in the beginning of when I was doing this podcast. I kind of went on a campaign to end the electric slide. Uh, oh, my God, yes. But then, uh, it, then it's like it's almost like a, be careful what you wish for because the cha cha slide and then it became the wobble and the cupid shuffle and these are probably songs you just can't put on in your car anymore, are they? Oh, absolutely not. I know the words by heart. I still get a little bit of PTSD when I hear the cha cha <laughs> slide. Um, yeah. So. Reverse, <laughs> reverse. <laughs> I, exactly. It, it just plays in my head on repeat. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. So you do a couple of, like I said, just to, to break down the channel. I mean, and it, I'm, I'm trying, I'm not trying to kind of be over the top with this, but I discovered it by accident, but your channel's pure gold because 
what what I'm trying to say is that it goes in all sorts of different directions and it is the epitome of what you kind of want to do. It's exactly what I try to do too because, you know, I, I think that, you know, not to talk about myself, but like the show that I have, it kind of like, there's a lot of cruising information on it, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a background. It gives you a little bit of this, a little break from cruising when it's too much and, and you're just travel in general, but then you'll go off and do something like, uh, you know, who knows me better, my boyfriend or my sister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want it to be an experience where people know me for more than just my tips that I offer. I want them to know me as a person and come with me on this journey through life, see different waves of traveling. Because some people found my YouTube through my backpacking through Europe or through study abroad. And a lot of people have a stigma against cruising. And so with my cruise ship videos, I kind of wanted to show what it was like to work on a ship what cruising is truly like to maybe change people's perceptions of it and give it a try. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. Now, I wanted to ask you this because I've done a show on, uh, you know, I've, I'm a cruising fanatic as well. You know, if you have a podcast about cruising, you're pretty safe to say you're a cruising <laughs> fanatic. But, um, you know, I've seen shows like Below Deck, but then I've also heard stories. And then I did a story because I did like, what's, what is it like to work on a cruise ship? While I never have, obviously, I did some research on it. And some of the findings were very, very interesting. And I did a show on it. And then a listener uh, emailed me and told me about a book uh, called Cruise Confidential by uh, Brian David Bruns. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Now, he, is this guy exaggerating at all? Because if you if you read this book or listen to this book like I did because I was just driving a lot in, in South Florida and stuff going back and forth from work, but you would think that it was just, I mean, it was like Amsterdam on a cruise ship. Is it, is it, is it really like that or is it? can you avoid that or what, what's it really like? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to get real. We're going to get real, real. Oh, we won't have it any other way on this podcast, Juliana. <laughs> Behind crew doors, things are wild. You wouldn't believe it. Like there is crew parties all the time. It is just the nature of the job that you work 10 hours a day and go to the crew bar right after for 75 cent drinks. You stay out till 4 a.m. and you start work again at 6 and that's the life and it's like that every day no days off you're that, there's nothing else to do but go to the crew bar and that i kind of related it to being a pirate sort of because you know how pirates <laughs> have that club like always drinking that's kind of what it's like um in terms of like drug use never saw that i think that's how it used to be in the older olden days um before they really got strict on regulations but since like the early 2000s that really doesn't you don't see that as much especially because there's a lot more um drug testing and stuff like that but in terms of alcohol use yeah it is crazy i mean there i don't want to taint the name of carnival but i definitely know several crew members who would go to work drunk um and that's just how you get through the day and i i personally didn't do that and that's kind of why i left was because i didn't really like that sort of lifestyle but, yeah, it is pretty crazy. <laughs> Listen, as, as my listeners know, I'm in the bar uh, industry, restaurant, nightclub industry, whatever. And, you know, we, we it's like, it is, like you said, a lifestyle a little bit. And that's kind of like how we kind of do it a little bit. But it sounds like a whole different level at sea. It really just sounds like uh, the way, like, I mean, and then, you know, when I listened to this book and, and took it all in, I really found myself going on cruises and being able to pick out the ones that were. I just look. I'm like that one. That one got home a half hour ago. Tops. Oh, absolutely! It is wild, 
And besides, I don't know how much Cruise Confidential goes into this detail, but there really is kind of like a mafia or kind of like a caste system on ships, which I thought was very interesting. Like, if you're going to study psychology, go work on a cruise ship because you will learn things about things about people that you never would have expected. So, for example, on our ship, the Italians were like the top. They were the officers. So you'd kind of bow down to them. There was a lot of sleeping around. Um, and that's like how you got your ranks up in the cruise system. It's wild. It's wild. Like the way that people would change their psychology to try to get to the top, you know? And you say, when you say top in terms of employment or just the society below deck, like just like kind of like having status below deck? Status. Like you could, for example, there is segregation of dining rooms where you would eat. So the crew eats in the lowest level of dining really I didn't like the food there I mean I was able to go eat there but since I was a staff member I got to eat in the staff dining room so I had special privileges I could get like cooked to order eggs that's basically the only thing that made it different Mm -hmm. and then there's the officer dining room where they get the same food that the guests get they get served by waiters um yeah so there's and if you're like shacking up with the right officer you can get access to these dining rooms exactly holy crap yeah so in the cruise world where you really have nothing else to do behind closed doors except, you know, eat and drink, that is your ba- yeah, that's a, that means a lot that you can eat in that dining room. Oh my god, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's just confirmed. You know, it was like I, re- I read the book, listened to the book and, you know, I, the last cruise I went on, I kind of just started asking around and, the, and the, a lot of the crew were just like, no, nah, that's exa-. this was a Norwegian. And they were like, no, nah, that's a little exaggerated. It's not that crazy. Come on. You know, we don't really. And I'm sure he's, you know, he was just kind of trying to paint a different picture than it was. I did hear Carnival was uh, in the mafia. Well, going back to the mafia system. I, he didn't mention it so much. He mentioned it in passing. But then I did in my research for the show. I did hear all about the whole mafia system where certain, I guess, groups of people, I guess, and, and a lot of times it is what it is. It's based, based on ethnicity a lot of times. And they were responsible for like, you know, you can go to this these people for this or that or if you want to get you know booze smuggled in for an after party after party this mafia will get it for you is that accurate or a hundred percent so um going back to the italian mafia on carnival if you were on bad terms with them you could get kicked off to a different ship you couldn't get like you couldn't get clipped or anything right you weren't losing like the real italian mafia right (laughs) no 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 no. not at all like that we just use the word but for example like if you were if there is an Italian officer who really took interest in me, for example, and he knew I was dating someone, he could make sure that the person I was dating would get sent to another ship. So there's like all sorts of backwards things like that. Also, uh, like bar staff. If you were friends with bar staff, and you could be able to get invited to their parties, which were apparently the craziest. I didn't ever get invited to them. Or, for example, a lot of the Filipinos or Indonesian people who worked in the kitchen, they would get access to the leftover guest food. So if you're friends with them, you could get what was served in the dining room. Man, all these stories are checking out. They are all checking out. They, you're like wondering, you're hearing stuff, and you're like, man, is this good? It's all checking out. It's crazy. This is. I'm so happy to be getting this info. I got. I, I got another question. On some ships, I heard we as guests were called cones. Is that accurate? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm surprised you know that. Come on, who do you think you're dealing with here? Oh my gosh, yes, it is true. 
It is true. We also say that people turn their brain off when they're on vacation. We would get all sorts of crazy, crazy questions from guests that you're just like, what? Like, for example, um, I had one guest in the photo gallery who was like, how do I know which picture is mine? <laughs> and so, the one that you're in. Uh, or just people like leave their food all over the stairs. I had one, uh, one of my friends who worked in the spa some guest asked, how small does your face need to be for a mini facial? It's just like Oh crazy. my gosh, yeah, the, a lot of the uh, that's the beauty of it. The cruise director sometimes at those talks, they'll kind of read off. Now you just said turn your brain off. I, I, I You just made me feel so much better about myself because <laughs> yes. I, I'm just going to say this one time we, we was my I think my first cruise and I was hungover, drinking all night, partying, having a great time. I'm stumbling out of bed. I hear how nice St. Thomas is, and I'm all pumped to get off the ship in St. Thomas. It's like 10 in the morning. I'm literally not there. And turning my brain off is probably the best way to describe it. I look out the window, and you realize how close you are like to the port, and you could just see nothing but like senior frogs and the mountaintop and everything like that. Yeah. I just looked at the nearest other guest, and I just looked at someone passing by. I'm like, are we on land? And I just yes. walk back to my room like, you moron. Like, what, what is even, what did even, like, because it just looked like, because you couldn't see the water. We are just so close up to the dock. And I don't know, just uh, yeah. it, dumb, dumb mistake. Now, here's a question I have as far as, uh, I guess, culture on cruises and, and, and crew culture, which is honestly, but for some reason, it's just very fascinating, fascinating to all us uh, cruise fans out here. Is it is it also the case, like, if you have... Do you live the double life a little bit? Do a lot of people live the double life where you could have a family at at home on land and then also literally it's like they don't exist and be in like full committed relationships at sea as well? Ship wives are very, very real. And it was mainly something that would happen amongst officers. Um, but just people are very unloyal and they cheat. And you see that a lot. And that was one of the most disheartening things for me and my boyfriend because he worked on the ship with me to see how people would act like that it was just disgusting like people had full-on families at home or they would cheat on they would sometimes cheat on someone who was like there on the ship with them you know so yeah there's a lot of that yeah it's crazy i mean whatever it's just it's just nuts to uh just to imagine that kind of just like a culture it's just like literally there you're the ship seems like it's almost like your universe for the time that you're on that ship for that particular contract Hundred percent, yes, because that is your world. You can't go on walks in the park. You can't go to the movies. You have no idea what's relevant. For me, I was born in the '90s, and '80s music became my new music because I'd hear it constantly. <laughs> so, like, I had no idea what modern music was. It was all eight to me. So, yeah, it's your world. That's great. So, what ships have you worked on? I worked on the Carnival Splendor uh, out of Miami, and then I worked on the Carnival Fascination out of Puerto Rico. That is, um, you know, I've kind of come a, lo- a little bit of a long way in my cruising journey, but for a long time, Carnival Splendor was my favorite ship in the world. It was like my home ship because there was one summer it was out of New York, and I hit the casino a little bit when I'm on cruises, and I don't know, for whatever reason, I had, for whatever reason, I got three Carnival cruises for free in one summer. Uh, yeah. It was weird, and it's not like I'm a big heavy hitter, but I don't know if they were having trouble selling them or what it was or whatever the deal was. But I got three. I just love the Splendor. What was your What was your favorite one? Um, 
Oh gosh. Okay, so for me, the Splendor was my first ship. It was the pink ship, as you know. The yeah. interior, like all pink, and so I was like, "What on earth is this tacky?" Yeah, that was kind of weird. I just didn't ever, just didn't let it bother me. But yeah, it was, that was weird. It was weird, but um, so it was based out of Miami, and uh, there is this reputation in the ship world, at least for Carnival, that Miami home ports are wild. Like the guests can be just absolutely out of hand and just can be very mean so i had a lot of really bad experiences with guests on that particular contract but the crew was incredible we became family like everyone was so close they're my best friends and so when i went to the fascination out of puerto rico it was a much more calm crowd in terms of guests but the the crew themselves they're very sleepy they wouldn't really be out much or they weren't very social so in terms of the crew life i liked it way more on the splendor um, but in terms of the actual ship, I think I like the fascination more just because on the Splendor, we were having some issues with engine or like just strange smells. So I think that the ship itself was going through some, some difficult times, but I think it's been remodeled since then. Um, but yeah, I think the fascination, I actually like more. Fascination, huh? The fantasy class? Yeah, the fantasy Oof, class. Geez. Older. It's older, but... I don't know. Maybe it was the, I think the ports maybe had me a little bit biased because the ports out of, on that ship were just amazing. That'll do it. I have like a little. It's a little bit of a running theme on this uh, on this show where we let's just say jokingly uh, we, we 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 rib the fantasy class, and sometimes I just wonder what 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 Carnival's thinking as far as. And I listen. They know a hell of a lot more than me, but. You know, yeah. I, I just, for a time, they started again. They started putting out new ships again. I was just on the uh, naming ceremony on the Horizon, and that was that was awesome. And that ship is absolutely incredible. But for a while, it just seemed like they were just, no more new ships. We're just going 2.0 and refurbishing all the Fantasy-class ships. Yeah, yeah. And it's gone through a lot of growing pains because of that. So, for example, one thing that was kind of bothersome with the Carnival Corporation is they send us these, like, activities from the corporate office. They'll send us emails every couple weeks of new activities that we need to bring, and then they'll send us all the equipment. And so they would be sending us, like, bochi ball sets or, like, giant, giant games to be playing on these fantasy class ships. And we're like, this does not work on such a small ship. There's no space for this. But so a lot of their ways that they're trying to do things are more focused towards Horizon, Vista, those bigger ships. Yeah. Um, fantasy class is kind of the oddball where it's like, how are we going to make this all work and fit on this ship? No, no, no. That makes sense. All right. So let's move on. Uh, if you don't mind, like I said, how I found you was just kind of like, you know, get this weird itinerary it's cool I it's great itinerary but the weird port I've I've done <laughs> I've done um I've done the Dominican Republic and it was uh I think it was I don't know how to pronounce Samana Samana or whatever it was and that okay. was a good five, five or six years ago and it was literally as if like I I was was cruising with with this girl and we got off the ship and like any port, I just walk around. A lot of times, I like to freestyle it and just see what's going on and be like, you know, let's let's explore on our own. And then I got into this cab, and we got into this cab. He's like, oh, no problem. I'll take you to the beach. And they start driving through these neighborhoods that I don't know. They make they make Harlem look like Disneyland, and uh, just the 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 poverty. And it was just like so it was scary. And people coming up to the car, and just like people were just absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. And with this guy, I'm just like, you know what? I think I think we may, you know, have to turn around. I don't want to be responsible for something awful happening. So I was like, let's turn around. Uh, 
so I was looking at uh, La Romana and Tina, and it was kind of interesting to see you say that, you know, pretty much the same thing. You like, and it's kind of like what attracted me to your channel, too, because you were like, okay, so here we go, things to do in La Romana. Uh, don't go out on your own because it's uh, boring and dangerous. So, <laughs> so yeah. I guess my question to you is what are some of, uh, I guess, some of your favorite ports and maybe some, can we, a couple of the insider tips on some of the ports that you like most? Oh, gosh. Okay, let me think. My favorite. I think oh, I have a couple. I really like Curacao. Um, my favorite place to go there was Mambo Beach. I would go there every single. That's week. on the upcoming itinerary. Thank you, France. That was going to be a question later. So, all right, I apologize for okay. So, what was it? Curacao. Where are we going? Curacao to Mambo Beach. It's super cute. There's like a little shopping mall that's kind of attached to the beach that you can get some food. But then once you walk down onto the beach, there's all these chairs. You do have to pay for a chair. Um, but I don't remember it being too expensive. The water's super calm and warm, and it's just a gorgeous place to watch the sunset if you have a late um, sailing. So I yeah, really like that. Um, gosh, St. Thomas is one of my favorites as well. Boom. There's this, yeah, there's this place in the port called Tap and Still, and it's a hamburger place. It is delicious. One of the best hamburgers I've ever had. They, you can order on this little paper slip. And you like check off everything you want on your burger. And they serve it in a paper bag. And it's just so good. I was obsessed. And then um, also, Thomas, there's a place called Emerald Beach. Which is a cute little beach. Uh, I don't think any tours go there for carnival. So you have to go on your own with a taxi. And it's just literally one hotel's on this beach. You can sit on one of the chairs and pay like five bucks. Or you can just bring your own towel for the sand. Super calm water. Really great and not many people around. Let's talk about St. Thomas for a second. It's like yeah. beca- it's become very close to my heart because it's probably the port I've visited as, as many as any. But I've made some friends there and I've made some friends that I've kept back on land and stuff like that. So I absolutely have a huge passion for St. Thomas. The tap and still, and that's one of the kind of like a newer place down there, isn't it? It wasn't when I first started going there. It wasn't even there. Now, do you know if it's – um if, if is it okay? Because I know Senior Frogs got devastated. Is is t- after the hurricanes or no? Have you have you had an update on that or? I have not been there, but I really hope it's okay. I didn't even think about that. Wow, yeah, um, it's in that same similar area, so I'm really not sure. Frogs is gone now. Have you ever had um? Have you ever had badass coffee there? No, I haven't. If you go, I don't, again, I still don't know the current conditions of St. Thomas. I actually have to look into that. Uh, if you go up on, uh, the, if you get off the pier and make a left past Haven site, they have like a little bit of, you walk past where all those yachts are and you just kind of yeah. bare, bare left the whole time. There's like this whole setup of like, it's almost like a little mini strip mall, really nice like stores, like Armani Exchange, I want to say, and like, uh, it's just a you know, just kind of touristy shops and stuff like that. It's not like the, you know how if you walk off the off the pier and you look left, there's all those. Yeah. I guess that's Haven Side where all those shops uh-huh. are. and It's very rustic, but if you walk left, it's a like a lot of, a little bit more high end looking uh, yeah. past the yachts. And within there, I just kind of stumbled into this place, badass coffee. It's it's like a Hawaiian based theme, but it was like these people that franchised went out. And they were from Oklahoma, and they have the the I, I love iced coffee, and they have like the coffee ice cubes actual coffee ice cubes and that, that had me hooked but it's, it's a must oh, stop every time yeah that sounds awesome i wish i would have known about that that's cool no definitely um all right let's ask this then where, so where haven't you been you know on your list i know you're 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 travel now you've you've graduated from just cruising alone and now you travel in general what is yep. what are some of the places that you have not been to that are on your list that you definitely want to see okay so 
this is still kind of related to the cruising sort of thing, but it's been my dream. I'm talking like years and years and years to do a Mediterranean cruise and I'm doing it this summer. Oh my gosh. It's like, seriously, that's number one on my bucket list. We're going to be going to Italy, which is like, I've always wanted to go there and France and Spain. And so I'm, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be amazing. No, that sounds amazing. So you, so these are some, so, so, Talk a little bit more about that trip. What, what are we planning on doing? You, I'm assuming you're going to do some vlogging for that as well, right? And you're going to kind of broadcast? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So this is going to be a really big trip. I'm going to be going first. I'll be arriving to Europe and spending a week there before the cruise. I'm going to be doing Iceland, Dublin, Liverpool, Barcelona, and then I start the cruise. It's a two-week cruise, and we're doing France, a bunch of places in Italy, and Montenegro. And then after the cruise, when we head back to Spain, we're going back into France to see the lavender fields and then exploring Austria and Switzerland for about a week or two. And I'm going to be making videos every single day. They won't be published until after the trip, though, because I just don't have time to edit all that while vacationing. Um, But I'm going to be giving an inside look on the ship on what days at sea are like, on the ports, and trying to make some more port guides because I really enjoy doing that. Um, And not many people do that on YouTube. It's really good to know what you can actually do in a day because a lot of the videos I see are are more geared towards being there for a few days. So I'm going to try to show what you can do if you're actually there for just one day. The port guides are priceless because, like I said, you kind of can clearly identify them on the channel. I guess they like yeah, you put that border around it, and it just kind of mm-hmm. says you know things to do and such and such. Um, so, in in the spirit of that, we talk a lot of Caribbean on this show. Can you give us like maybe I don't know? It doesn't have to be a number three, two, five, whatever it is. Uh, certain ports and must do excursions in those ports. Can you give me a couple of your favorites? Oh my gosh, let's see. Uh, Barbados is a port that I really enjoyed doing the swimming with turtles. That was one of my favorite excursions. Um, You go really early in the morning and you get to swim with turtles in the ocean. It was really cool. Um, Let's see, what else? What other cool excursions? Oh, in La Romana, I believe there's an excursion still that does the bobsledding. You get taken on to like this mountain where the Jamaican bobsled team practices. And oh, is that one of those bobsled. alpine coasters? Or no, it's just a real bobsled. It's a real bobsled, yeah. Jeez. Oh, it's, it's really cool. And then, um, okay, so this one isn't technically an excursion, but in Cozumel, um, one thing that I really enjoyed doing on our own was we had a taxi take us to Playa Palancar. And it's this beach not many people know about. And they have small little water taxis there. And I remember it being fairly cheap, less than $30. We had someone take us out for like four hours to go snorkeling at Playa Cielos, which is this beautiful area where it's just covered with starfish on the ocean floor. And we were it was like a private tour. It was so cheap. And they don't talk about it on the ship. Playa Cielos, you get there through Playa Palancar. And yeah, that was incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're writing this down. Are Playa Palancar, because I can't yes. have to Playa Cielos? Yes, you take a water taxi, yeah. I wanted to make a special note of that because I feel like, I don't know, I don't know how you feel. I feel like Cozumel is such a polarizing port. So many yes. people love it, and then so many people are like, I'm not going there. Oh my God, you know, the crew loves Cozumel. It is- I know why the crew loves Cozumel. <laughs> Carlos and Charlie, Senior Fraud, they. they 
you know, they, they love to, you know, get after it and get off the ship. Well, and absolutely. there's plenty of places to get in some trouble on Cozumel, isn't there? So if you want to hang out with the crew, they might get mad at me for advertising this, but this is a well-known spot amongst crew. It's called No Name Bar. It is where all the crew goes. It's this small bar and you can get cheap drinks. It's right across from a grocery store because, oh, that's another thing I need to mention about cruise ship life is you think that we would want to like do all these crazy tours and stuff in these ports. But honestly, we crave normality so much that most of our port time is spent like going to the grocery store and buying Oreos or just doing just normal things. So I saw yeah. the part where you were, um, <laughs> you were, you, you had never been to, San Juan or whatever and you know you, you've been on a contract for two contracts or whatever and you haven't been to San Juan and the first thing you did to San Juan in Puerto Rico is find a Taco Bell right yeah <laughs> I forgot about that yes because we wanted Taco Bell we like would talk about it for weeks like we're gonna go to Taco Bell next time we're in San Juan like we're so pumped yeah That's I hysterical. had friends I'm sorry go ahead. who would drive Chick-fil-A if they were docked in um, Galveston they would drive a very far way to Chick-fil-A like oh my gosh we were love normal things I guess the sentimentality of it and just kind of like yeah. just remembering it and like this is just makes me just reminds me of, of, of something that's normal that I'm used to yeah, but it's funny too because San Juan is I mean is not even a close second as far as eating that is by far my favorite place. Before, you know, when you're talking about the mafango, the tripletas, and the plantains, and everything like that. Oh my gosh, there's so much yeah. good food in San Juan, and you're running off the Taco Bell. It's hysterical. <laughs> yes. What about St. Martin? Have you uh, spent any time in St. Martin? Gosh, I love St. Martin. I love the Princess Juliana Airport where you, uh, the, where you can go watch the planes land. Yeah. That is my favorite like me and martine my boyfriend we would just go there and just watch the planes like every time we're in st martin or we would also okay another thing i don't know if you know this but uh, a lot of people take a taxi into like the downtown st martin area that's kind of near the cruise ship yeah they either take a taxi or like a water taxi and i really don't see a point in that because i don't know if you realize you can actually walk there you just leave the cruise terminal and turn left it's like a 20 minute walk it's not bad <laughs> i learned i learned that after the first time i went we went on this big water taxi and i'm like this is quite a production we gotta make sure we get back to the ship because we gotta catch that boat first and we really don't yes. have to catch any boats it's right right there you don't <laughs> no exactly the thing about st martin to me is and again i've been to all of them i just i love like if you just take a taxi in st martin and unfortunately too the last time we went to st martin i mean it was the it was different. I'm not gonna lie, not to get somber, but the devastation that they got hit with uh, for this last hurricane. The, I, I really hope they come back, but they they're not even close to what they were, um, you know, in previous visits. But what I did love about it was just whether you take a tour, an organized tour, one of those thirty forty dollar tours, or, or or just a regular taxi ride. Listening to these people talk about their island and listening to the, like, the locals talk about the pride that they have in their island, it's it's refreshing to see that people live in paradise and they freaking know it. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. I agree. And yeah, the devastation that happened there, it was really sad. Uh, a lot of the crew members were sharing pictures of like some of our favorite places to hang out and how they were just completely destroyed. And actually, a lot of crew members, there was a GoFundMe going around to um, rebuild a really popular crew bar there. I had never been to it, but um, they raised a lot of money. I think it's called it. the crew, it's called the crew bar, right? I think. I I don't remember. There's a place what called, called the Crew Bar there. I don't know if that was the one that you were talking about. What it was. It might have been what it was. It was somewhere in the downtown yeah. beach area. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. 
that's yeah, that's the, have- that's underrated. The Manhattan, the um, not Manhattan, the, the Great Bay Beach area. I feel like nobody. It doesn't really get a lot of uh, a lot of love because people always talk about you know the uh, Maho Beach, which you were referring to before, and then talking about um, Orient Beach. But you know that's what I did in, 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 in you know the whole Marigo area. But that area that you just mentioned, you get you can get a lot done there. It's right near the cruise oh, ship. You're in the view of in the shadow of the cruise ships. There's plenty of restaurants. It's almost like a little bit of a boardwalk, and the beach is beautiful right there. Oh, totally. And you know what? I think there are two types of cruisers. They're the kind that do the excursions, and then there's the kind that, you know, just want to do something cheap, something close by, something local. And I think that that's a great um, option. You yeah. know, the beach there is great. It's good for swimming. There's restaurants. Water I think sports. Good- yes, water sports as well. Lots to do. Yeah. And uh, talking about your, um, you know, the, the, the Maho Beach area, talking about the hurricane as well, it was, um, I was like, floored when I saw footage because they, they had so much viral video of, of the hurricane hitting Maho Beach and the sand and the ba- the beach basically disappearing. And if you go there now, it still is kind of like that. The shore is so so small. I'm sure they did some things to like fill it in or whatever, but it's just so much smaller. And most the, the biggest thing, that bar, Sunset's Bar and Grill, was a skeletal system. There was nothing left of it. And, uh, and to their credit, Going back a couple of months ago, it was amazing to see the job they did of uh, rebuilding that place, and they got it up and running, and uh, they're all back to work, and that's and that's really really important. Yeah, exactly. You know, when me and my boyfriend we had left the ships right before the hurricane happened, um, and when we saw like all the places we had memories were destroyed, it broke my heart because I always saw myself going back to those places and it being like how we remembered and knowing that it pro- I mean it'll be built up but it won't be the same. It was very heartbreaking. Yeah, no that's it's true and we got a little bit of a tour and it was like it was it was it was, it was cool to be there but it was it was sad and have you been to Orient Beach? Uh, I haven't. No, I haven't. A lot of my friends went, though. It's an amazing... It was always like this, you know, beautiful, gorgeous beach with so many bustling, like, shop... Not shop. Well, shops. A couple of souvenir shops, but mostly, like, places to eat and places to drink along the front. I went back... We went back there, and it was one... There was one place up. And it's also known as, like, a nude beach. So it used to be, like, where, like, you know, there'd be, like, I don't know... 800 to 1,000 people there and then you'd be like 7 or 8, 12 nude people there and now it's like there's like 30 people there and like the same 12 nude people so they're standing out a lot more so yeah it's it's not the same place let's just let's just put yeah. it that way yeah. um but hopefully like you just said it may not be the exact same but we're all we're all i know we're all collectively hoping that it uh, at least bounces back as much as possible um so you mentioned and I didn't know this that you were also a travel agent. So you have a travel agency that you're based in basically home or remotely or kind of like you you're a mobile travel agent. So I work in corporate travel. Yeah, I am I work for a company called Pana. It's a startup and they take care of corporate travel for big companies like Uber, Airbnb, um, a lot of San Francisco based ones, but I work at home. Uh, basically we just take care of all the travel needed for flying people out for interviews or conferences I just started a month ago and I really love it it's awesome that is amazing and so you're basically not you know soliciting to like people who just want to take a cruise or go overseas or whatever they don't call you directly it's mostly done through Uh, I gotcha I gotcha alright well we don't 
do cruises and I don't do personal travel, unfortunately, but maybe someday I will. It's always been a dream to start a travel agent agency of my own. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Definitely. Well, Juliana, I really, really appreciate you coming on for a little while. It was so like it was like I said, it was really, really cool to find your channel. And um, if, if you don't mind, could you just tell the uh well, first of all, let's recap where we're going and what we're doing on this trip to the Mediterranean and where they can find you to kind of see all the stuff in your in your travels and your adventures and stuff like that. Uh, where, where could they go to find you? Yeah, sure. So first spot you can check out is YouTube. Just search Tourist to Local or put in YouTube.com slash Tourist to Local. Uh, that's T-O-U-R-I-S-T-T-O-L-O-C-A-L. Uh, and you can see all of my videos. I also am very active on Instagram. I'm really stepping up my game there. And that username is tourist to local as well. I'll be posting a lot of stories while I am on the ship because I will have Wi-Fi the entire time. So if you want to get an inside peek on the day-to-day, check that out. I also have Twitter and Facebook all under Tourist to Local as well. And I would love to see some of you guys there. Let me know that you heard me on the podcast because um, that would just really make my day. Guys, please do what she just said because I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I, I don't see, feel like I just... I- not to overdo it again, but I think we just gave you a gift here. I, this is like a, I don't know how, she's definitely got a plenty of followers and she's there, but I don't know for the Always Be Booked community, this is actually a hidden gem. Definitely check out uh, Juliana's YouTube page, uh, Tourist to Local. Uh, she does a tremendous job, and like I said, if you like this show where it's cruising, it's travel, but then it's also personal as well and some wacky stories, uh, you know, some different... I, I, by the way, you know I'm not. We won't get into this, but I also caught uh, right before we jumped on. I caught your uh, your incident in uh, Chile. Oh yes, yes, that so, was a sad story. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a, not a good story, but a happy ending. But we'll we'll yeah. leave that and we'll, we'll leave that as a little bit of a teaser. You guys definitely check that out on the channel, Juliana. Thanks again so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. If you ever want me back. I'm around. I'm sure we will. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Bebooked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, as we always say, your emails have become 
over the last couple of months, the lifeblood of the show. And we invite you to always email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com with your questions, comments, concerns, and corrections. In addition to that, we've introduced a new feature, which you'll hear in a little while, which is the voicemail aspect to the show. You can call 323-GETAWAY. That's right, 323-GETAWAY. And you can be a part of the show, and you will be heard live on the air just by leaving a message on the voicemail, 323-GETAWAY. Also, you can let me know if you want to book some travel, if you have any idea of where you want to go, what you want to do, uh, an upcoming cruise, an idea for a cruise, or any vacation. You can leave the details, or at least some details, on the voicemail, and I will get back to you, and we'll come up with the uh, dream vacation of your choice. 323-GETAWAY, and uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Keep those emails and voicemails coming. Let's get into it. Hello, Tommy. After many years of my wife suggesting we go on a cruise, I finally relented and we went on a Baltic cruise on the Norwegian getaway last October. Why did I wait so long? I'm hooked. Since then, we have booked three more cruises, an Australia-New Zealand cruise from Sydney. Australia! Sticking around. Big Australian day. This is like a historic Australia day in the history of Always Be Booked. Shout out to all the Aussies. Hit us up. Uh, An Australia-New Zealand cruise from Sydney on the Norwegian Jewel next January. A transit... Whoa! Hold on. Hold on. A transatlantic cruise from London to Miami on the Norwegian Encore in November next year. Then we fly from Miami to Singapore uh, for a cruise back home to Australia on Royal Caribbean Voyager of the Seas. Before we board the Encore for the Transatlantic Cruise, we will be spending some time in France visiting my wife's relatives. We intend to buy a few bottles of French wines and some cheese to take back home. Do you know if we're able to declare the wine and food on embarkation? Do we need to hand it in to the in for the duration of the cruise and collect it at the end? Thanks for any info. By the way, uh, your podcast, as well as Doug Parker's Cruise Radio podcast, are the best. Ross. Ross, wow. couple of things. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the great world of cruising, Ross. I'm so happy to hear that you finally did relent and that you are now a fellow cruise addict. Again, from Australia. So it's kind of ironic. I just said, how come I haven't heard from all these, you know, anybody from Australia lately? And we got to, you know, we get the emails. The first email is Australia-based. So... What I'll say is this. Uh, First and foremost, it's really remarkable and impressive that you went from zero to 60 with this cruising thing, huh? You went from not wanting to go on any cruise whatsoever to literally be triple booked. It's out of control. And you are clearly your heavy Norwegian cruise line, which is not a bad thing at all. Love that. And the Encore? Man, that's going to be a beast. Singapore, you're cruising all over the world, across oceans. You know, (laughs) Six months ago, you weren't even involved in the industry, and now you'll be able to come back from these sailings and give us a few lessons on, uh, you know, transatlantic cruising. I'd love to have you on the show, Ross. Definitely call uh, 323-GETAWAY, or if you want to kind of do a little quick little hit and tell us about you. This is some classic, classic cruising itinerary stuff right here, so um, I'm, I'm very, very pumped for you. Regarding your question, I do not see any – I'm not going to say I know the answer – because I don't, but I would not see any reason why they would not let you take those wines on board. I know that if you purchase liquor or wine in a port, you can have it stored and they will give it back to you at the end of the cruise. No big deal. I don't see why that would change as far as embarkation. Now, if anybody does know that, it's Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and let us know. But I'm going to go ahead and say my guess, and again, 
I would say do some more research on this. And, uh, you know, also join the Always Be Booked uh, Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Ask to join, and I'll also put that question out to anybody in that group as well. And we will get this answer, you know, basically, you know, down pat for you 100%. Ross, welcome aboard. Welcome to cruising. Welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, say hi to everybody down there from down under for us over here at Always Be Booked. All right. Moving on, Tommy, I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast, and with regards to length, I actually enjoy it, as I have a long commute and have a pause, but Nick, you hear that? That's a little inside joke there. The guy capitalized pause, the whole word. I have a pause button if it runs too long. However, to my surprise, I put your latest episode on at the start of the Rock and Roll Half Marathon this past Sunday, and to my surprise, I made it through, oh, wait a minute, oh, you were were being serious there. I put your latest episode on at the start of the rock and roll half marathon that I guess you were running Sunday and to my surprise I made it through the whole half marathon 13.1 miles without having to switch to another see that's what we do here at always be booked what we want to do is in the event that you are running a marathon or a half marathon we want to give you the convenience of being able to listen to the whole podcast and not having to stop look at your phone having to hit pause and change to a new podcast and wait for the Wi-Fi to kick in uh, we don't want to deal with it. Then find out you hit the wrong one, so you got to go back. And now your whole time is out. Your whole time is shot to hell. So we don't want to do that, and that's what we look for here. And that's what our goal is here at Always Be Booked. Uh, so while we can't claim that your episode was a marathon, we can say it was a half marathon. Of course, there are some that finished the marathon in less time than it took me to finish the half. So in their in their case, it was a marathon podcast if they were listening. Um, I'm betting maybe a lot of them weren't. Um, keep up the good work and don't change a thing. Chris, male in parentheses, in San Diego. Because that's a reference to last week when we were asking about San Diego and knowing that it was <clears throat> some of the best weather in the country. But uh, we did hear that uh, if you're a, if you're a guy, if you're a single guy, you got to be careful because it's a little bit of a sausage fest, maybe, or at least that's what I heard. Still, Chris, you didn't confirm this uh, in what they call sometimes Man Diego. P.S. Good luck with the travel agency. Three two three getaway. Insert shameless plug during the recording here, and I agree with you regarding guys burgers, Chris. Yeah, that's very, very nice of you. Gives me the uh, allows me, instructs me to give the, my own plug three two three getaway, and uh, that is both a line for you to book travel on, as well as be a part of the show. By I guess you know if you know you're the type of guy that's an audio book type of guy like I am, and you don't want to write an email, you can just talk into the voicemail, and I'm going to play it as you're going to hear very, very soon. Uh, in just a short couple of moments. Uh, hey, Tommy, was listening to the Cruise Geeks podcast while on the plane, and they plugged your show and said, you've got a great podcast. Always good hearing cross-promotion. Episode 18, around the 39-minute mark. Keep up the awesome work. I liked that you had a guest last podcast and were drinking. Reminds me of when I listened to... Uh, Dignation podcast back in the day. I'm not familiar with the Dignation, and that's from Chris. Chris, what's up? I appreciate the email. First of all, the fir- the first part of it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I did discover these guys, the Cruise Geeks, and um, 
I was listening, and that's a good show. Honestly, it's very, very, it's very enjoyable. These guys are, uh, you know, they're not necessarily like me. They're a little bit more straightforward. We're a little crazy here, and I'm not gonna lie. You know, we, we, our thing is, we go off the, or, or, or off from the beaten path of normal cruising. If you listen to the some of the stories in the back episodes, you know, we do things. We don't, we don't. We don't claim to walk the straight and narrow on this podcast. And, uh, you know, unlike these guys, you know, family men, good guys, and uh, they cruise very, together, good job, stable people. And uh, they have a they have a very informative podcast. They're new to cruising from what I gather from their show. But at the same time, I don't know, honestly, that's kind of refreshing because, you know, sometimes it's good to have the perspective of, you know, the new cruisers. And that's what they bring to the table. In addition to that, they go off the beaten path a little bit too. They talk a little bit about uh, aquatic wildlife and stuff like that. And I definitely recommend checking them out. And I honestly, guys, I also appreciate the plug from me. Um, but uh, it is the, uh, what is it? the Cruise Geeks. And you can find them on iTunes or anywhere you get your uh, cruise podcasting or podcasting in general. Um, and that's from Chris. Chris, thank you for the email. All right, moving on. Hey, Tommy, loved the long, long show. You got you got to write long twice. Loved the long, long show you just did. Chris was awesome. Uh, I think you meant Nick. No big deal. You have some really cool friends. Yeah, they're cooler than me. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that the truth? You should have cracked another bottle open and got really play. Like everybody says this is Chris did this too. Chris, Chris from the last email. Uh, both of you liked the fact that we were drinking. Did you guys? Would you guys prefer we also uh, started up and operated some heavy machinery too? You guys are not good for the uh, liver or the uh, mindset here. So. You should have cracked open another bottle and got really plastered on air. That would have been funny. I mean, we were pretty plastered. Uh, we're just pretty uh, seasoned veterans of the game, and I guess we were able to kind of, uh, I guess, keep it. You know, I think towards the end it went off the rails, but for the most part, we kept it together the best we could. Anyway, I can't believe what you've done to me and had and you had to pick the only week I'm in New York to go on a cruise. I had to laugh when I heard what time you were going. Just my luck. Anyway, keep putting out those long shows, and that's Phil. Phil, Phil's a legendary contributor to the show. Phil is the man. Yes, Phil, we were talking about maybe catching up, grabbing a beer, maybe Brooklyn, maybe here, maybe in the city. Uh, yeah, it looks like that can't happen now. I'm on a cruise. You know, this cruise, I'm screwed because I'm a mess, like I said, you know, talking about... Uh, <laughs> The cruise geeks, you know, by definition, geeks, you know, they got their life, they got their act together, you know, they do the right thing. I'm a mess, you know what I mean? So I got to save the date for a freaking wedding, September 22nd, save the date. Do you guys really kind of, do you guys have a, do you guys have a calendar? That's probably part of the problem. Uh, I don't have, I don't operate with a calendar in life. And if I did, maybe I would have known that I'm supposed to be at a wedding on September 22nd. And that's causing a great conflict. I haven't 100% decided to not go to the wedding. Big shout out to Hal, a recent subscriber. What a good dude. I don't know what we're going to do here, but what he said to me was basically that he was disinviting me from the wedding to kind of let me off the hook. And uh, you can't you can't ask for a, a, a more considerate dude than that. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Hal, either way, I'm gonna make it up to you. I I, I even missed the bachelor party too. For what? Guess what? A cruise. And uh, I don't know. Not not feeling not feeling very very like a good friend in this regard. So it is weighing on me and, uh, and my conscience a little bit. I don't know. We still don't know what we're gonna do. There's other actually. There's other outside influences that also may have us not go on that cruise as well. We'll get into that probably next episode. But um, that's probably not gonna come into fruition. Listen, man, we're all over the place here. It's just 
how we live our lives. That's how I live my life. I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. But I'm an asshole because I should have basically had, I should have put the save the date in the calendar. I'm an even further asshole for not even having a calendar in the first place. And uh, we're, we're going to see how that all plays out. And we will keep you posted along the way with that. But Phil, thank you, Phil and Chris. Thank you for the encouragement as far as continuing to uh, authorize us to drink as much as possible and drink our lives away. And you know what? Either way, we probably will do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was kind of dark, right? Listen, we enjoy a cocktail here and there. Make us a bad guy? I don't think so. Brought that back, right? That was nice. That was a little better. Lightened up the, lightened up the mood a little bit. All right. Hey, Tommy. I listened to your very, very long podcast. This is great, man. The last email said we listened to your long, long podcast. And this guy says... uh I listened to your very, very long podcast. So it's sounding complimentary, but just there seems like there's a little subtext saying that, geez, you wouldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> Understandably so. Uh, you should tell those people that they should book a Disney cruise because now you don't really set yourself up really that good. I'm going to try to figure out what you're talking about right now, but give me a second. You should tell those people that they should book a Disney cruise because the Disney cruise line has only very specific areas that you can smoke. Boom. Ding, ding, ding. That's where it is. We're responding to the smoking email last week. And uh, on the last Disney cruise I went on, I actually went with a smoker. I don't even think I saw the smoking area more than one time. It's very contained and they will really keep it away from the rest of the guests. Andy, Andy, thank you so much for that email. Andy is referencing an email from last week and this is the great part about this show, these emails, the Ultra Lounge, we help each other out. So uh, somebody asked about the cruise lines and which cruise lines would be more I guess friendly to non-smokers and keep the smoke away from the non-smokers and You know, we kind of arrived at the fact that the cruise lines didn't necessarily care so much about that personally as much as it would be to make a dollar and a nickel. But this is some good information. So try Disney. So if you uh, don't like the smoke and you have the ability to pay double the amount for your cruise than you normally would, (laughs) try Disney. Um, I'm just kidding, but I'm also not kidding because that's what you're going to have to do. But if you really are looking to uh, avoid that problem, it does sound like Disney is the way to go. I think somebody else said that too. So uh, we will uh, move on here. All right, what do we got here? Okay, this is from uh, my new buddy, and this is Matthew of, of Matthew and Thelma fame, and I just booked them on a Cuba cruise, so I'm very, very excited about that. I'm very excited to hear about that, and uh, you know, during the booking, Matthew was amazing because he was very, very patient. I'm still getting my feet wet with this uh, whole travel agency thing, and I do have some information on that that I'm going to throw you away regarding an update on that, but uh, Matthew and his wife, Thelma, uh, allowed me to book them on a Cuba cruise, and then during that, we got on the phone, we talked for a little while, and we had a great, great, great conversation on what to do uh, on the upcoming cruise on the horizon to the Southern Caribbean. So now, what he also did was follow it up in an email. And uh, if you don't mind, Matthew, I'm going to read the email out because it was some good information for me, but also I think it could be shared with anybody who's headed to the Southern Caribbean on a Southern Caribbean itinerary. Hey, man, thanks uh, thanks again for helping uh, get this booked. It was nice to chat for a bit. I'll get you our VIFP uh, numbers with Carnival so we can price out that next one paraphrasing to follow up on the conversation about the trip to Aruba this is what we did so you can research it and see if it works for your group in Curacao we hired a taxi driver for the day $140 for four of us and we went to the aloe farm Curacao factory and 
to Blue Bay. Skip the first two. They were a complete waste of time and go straight to Blue Bay in a taxi and spend the day there. Day passes are only a few bucks when you get there. They have a decent bar with food and plenty of chairs with shade by the beach. He knows shade because I got the frog belly bottom skin. The water in the bay gets only about 10 feet deep and has a ton of fish. If you like to snorkel, the current is almost non-existent and there's some decent coral and a ton of fish about 30 yards from the beach. One of the best parts about this is that we only saw 8 to 10 carnival towels at the beach. Then we left about an hour or two before the sunset and checked it out downtown with the floating bridge and all the amazing buildings that make up downtown with a few stops along the way. The view is going o- the view going over the bridge is Going back to town is incredible. So you guys familiar with Curacao at all? It has a couple of bridges. It has the one moving bridge that actually acts like a bridge sort of boat type of thing that gets you actually off the um, where the cruise terminal is and into town. And then there's another huge bridge. It's almost like a unispan, almost like the Paradise Island Bridge that goes from uh, Nassau to Paradise Island. Moving on. In Aruba, we took a cab straight to Baby Beach, which was kind of expensive. $80 each way, but well worth it. That's expensive. Uh, we planned on trying to get to Flamingo Island, but I didn't want to mess with going to the hotel and getting turned away because you can't buy tickets ahead of time. Because because you can't buy tickets ahead of time. So you can't buy tickets ahead of time, which is why he didn't risk going there. I'll just say that it was the best snorkeling experience I've ever had. Plus, use of the beach is free. If you want a chair and shade, it's only a couple of bucks. The water rarely gets over chest deep. The entire natural cove and the coral fish were absolutely crazy. If you Google it, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's the very tip of the island. There's really nothing else like it on the island. The bar doesn't open till 11 or 12 at Baby Beach, but by then we were ready to go back to town for some food and drinks, of course. Outside, one other couple, we had that entire beach all to ourselves till about 11.30. Not one damn cone to be found on that whole day. <laughs> no cones. I don't know, man. I like the cones. Don't we like, don't we like the cones? Hey, listen. Sometimes remote little getaway day trips are just what the doctor ordered. In La Romana, we did the Soana Island trip, which was fun, but we had done that one another time when we went to Punta Cata for a few days. If you can't, if you can find it, look for the offload tour and pay the extra to ride the Razor instead of the typical four wheeler. We did that. You keep having me ride these things. I mean, I, I might need the four wheels. You heard about my Nassau trip, Matthew. As you know, I know you ribbed me on the phone call about it a little bit. I, I may want the four wheelers from now on. We did that tour when we stayed at the resort, and oh my god, that was a blast! You can get those things up to about sixty, which feels like a hundred on a narrow path in the jungle. I made my wife carry the GoPro when we were on on the razor, and all you can hear is her yelling at me to slow the f down. They say they said no drifting. <laughs> so you're, you're actually drifting, Matthew? Yeah, so okay. So you're a little bit of a madman. That's fine. Uh, quit, No drifting. Quit jumping. I got my money's worth on that day. LOL. Anyway, sorry to ramble, but I hope the info helps. And if you get the chance, send the booking info so I can log into the RC Reps website. I've, I've done that since this reading, and hopefully you got that. And uh, that's some good information right there. So La Romana, I probably will stay on the ship. Uh, I got a feeling that you're not going to get like so. There's a lot of times you stay on the ship because, especially, it's a brand new ship and it's a beautiful ship, and you want to enjoy it while everybody else is on land. I'm a little worried that a lot of people 
might be having the same idea. However, so we uh, we got some good information there. Listen, I did crash and burn in Nassau. Uh, I'm not going to learn from that. I can tell you right now, I'm not going to learn from that. I'm absolutely going to get on a moped again. You know, I'm going to do my thing again and just try to be a little bit more careful. No promises. But uh, I really, really do appreciate appreciate the info. Uh, Matt and, you know, big shout out to Thelma. You guys are awesome. And uh, we will definitely talk more about the um, excursion end of the Cuba cruise. And I'm excited to get you guys going on the San Juan itinerary as well. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. Thanks for all the wacky cruise anecdotes mixed with some useful tips and, dare I say, bits of cruising wisdom. Yes, please dare to say that. And I think there's a couple of pieces of cruising wisdom, right? You don't have to be ashamed of that. Your love of cruising shines through on each episode. Well, you know what? I appreciate that because that is certainly one of the goals. My wife and I are excited to be booked on Royal Royals Adventure of the Seas for a Maine and Eastern Canada seven-night cruise over Labor Day weekend, leaving from Cape Liberty in Bayonne, New Jersey. Oh, Bayonne, huh? Uh, we can't wait to experience this upgraded ship and the itinerary with stops in Portland, Bar Harbor, or Bar Harbor, as they say, St. John, and Halifax. This will provide a great opportunity to mix it up compared to the Caribbean cruising. Also, sail away with views of Manhattan, Manhattan should be awesome. That's for damn sure. Uh, I said that. They didn't say that. Since we are from out of state, we'll fly into the New York City metro area the day before the cruise. Any suggestions on where to stay, how best to get to the port following the day? Or the following day? The port area itself does not look real fun, but we will be staying in the big city for a couple of days after the cruise with one of my wife's re- relatives. So, she says relations. I'm guessing that means relatives in my language. I guess it's different in different parts of where are you at? Green Bay. Uh, So we will have some legitimate Big Apple fun on this vacation and would not need to plan for this ahead of our cruise. Okay, so you don't have to do that before the cruise. You can wait till the after the cruise to worry about that. Have a great summer. Roger and Carol Miller, Green Bay, Wisconsin. All right, so you're going to Bayonne. You're leaving out of Bayonne. That's the one thing I'll say. If you got, if you only had the one night, I would say you got to go to the city the night of. But if you're going to have two days in New York City after, do not stress yourself with trying to navigate your way into the city and then back home uh, the day before you cruise. Lay low. Stay at the hotel. If there's something in the area, fine. Uh, I don't suggest walking around Newark after uh, 12 midnight. Um, yes, you're right. Bayonne, the cruise port, uh, Cape Liberty, uh does not have a lot going on and that's just the the plain truth you can go to Hoboken Hoboken is a blast if you can make your way into Hoboken you can absolutely have a great great time with some bars and restaurants Um, I'm thinking that's it if you're not going to do that just kind of like rest up live to cruise the next day and then when you get back to New York City uh, you didn't ask for any help on that, but I can certainly give you a bunch of stuff that you can do stuff that I would recommend sounds like you might know what you're doing or where you're going but um if you need me, I'm here. Uh, as far as your itinerary, that's amazing. Uh, I've done a Canada itinerary once. I don't know. What did I do? Is it Halif- St. John, I think. St. John is the one I stopped. It was only one stop. And there, all I could tell you is absolutely in any of those places, I don't need to tell you. Make sure you get some lobster, lobster roll, whatever it else, any of the seafood out there. What I did, it was cool. Watch the Bay of Fundy and the Reversing Falls. There's this really cool thing there too, and I totally forgot what it's called. It has to do with the Bay of Fundy somewhere, and it's like where <clears throat> there's these giant, tall, like maybe like they they seem like they're like five or six story high rocks. They're like rocks, but they're shaped like trees, if you can imagine that. And when the tide is up, what you see is just them. Poking out of the uh, poking out of the bay, 
just looking like regular rocks or maybe tiny little rock-like islands. But then when the tide goes back, it's completely disappeared, and you could actually walk on the base of where the bay once was, and you could look up at those rocks. Sick photography. There's a bunch of wacky stuff you could do there. You could take speedboat rides and stuff like that. Any of the other stuff, I'm not 100% sure on what to do. Anybody has any advice on what to do on the uh, Bahaba, Portland, St. John, and Halifax uh, cruise? You could do some fishing. I think there's whale watching too, some boats out there as well in that part of the uh, uh, that part of the world as well. Alwaysbebooked.com if you have any advice for Roger and Carol on their upcoming cruise. And uh, Roger and Carol, we wish you uh, the best of time possible. Enjoy your cruise. Let us know how it went. All right. Hey, Tommy, loving the podcast. I found that after you were interviewed on the cruise radio podcast with the legendary Doug Parker last fall, right after the hurricane, love hearing your shenanigans and enjoy the day by day reports on your solo cruise. I guess you're talking about the breakaway diaries. Uh, My question is this. I've never gambled in the casinos on board. I hear that you do. Uh, Who told you that? What do people have to do to get players club invitations or free cruises or discounted cruises? If I go to the casino someday on my next cruise and spend enough money or spend a certain amount of hours there, how does this work? Thanks, bud. Drew. Drew, that's a great, great, great email, and I appreciate it. The only problem is I can't answer it. And that is one of the biggest, most confusing questions in the history of cruising. Here's a little example. I went on a carnival cruise and gambled. Not heavily. I play, you know, I'll get up to two grand sometimes, maybe. You know what I mean? Usually not. If I lose two grand on a cruise, which I have, I really got to hustle mentally to get myself to forget that. I've been down two grand, came back, and then went up three grand. I think my most ever losing on a cruise was like 2,200 bucks. So long story short, I started gambling, 1,000 here, 1,000 there. Nothing close to like 2,000 or anything like that. Like maybe like half that. So for some reason, I got a free cruise with Carnival. I'm like, this is great. You know, they saw I lost 1,000 bucks on the cruise. They gave me at the end of the cruise, there was an envelope in my mailbox. It said, you've been selected to have a free cruise any any cruise uh, between six and ten days, uh, and you can uh, pick anywhere you want to go. It was a great offer. There was no restrictions. The only restrictions were you had to book it in the next month, and you had to take it within the next three months. Ugh, you know what? Sucks, but and that, that's what I did. So that happened, Drew, three more times, and I was only tinkering around the thousand, you know, the thousand twelve hundred dollar range of gambling. So then on the third one, I was like, let me elevate because maybe I'll get, you know, even more of an offer. Maybe I'll get a full whatever or maybe who knows what I'll get. Maybe they'll. they'll So then I go up. I go up to 1,500, 1,800, 2,000. No offer. Nothing. I call up asking what the deal is. Nothing. Sorry, we don't have any information. Well, here's my situation. I told them my situation about how I got the free cruises for gambling for less. They didn't. I'm sorry, Mr. Casabona. The only thing information I have is that you do not qualify for an offer. And ever since then, it never happened again. So I got three free cruises from Carnival, upped my gambling game, and then never got anything after that. Strange, right? As far as Norwegian, uh, I didn't really, at the time, hadn't gambled a lot on Norwegian. I don't have any offers for Norwegian. And this is, you know, like I said, you want to use that as a gauge? A couple of thousand. And then they did tell me on Royal Caribbean that. 
the gambling is basically gauged mostly on how many hours you play. I don't know if that's true or not, but the dealer told me that. So if that's true or not, I'm in the get in the players club. You're automatically in. You just give me a room card and you're automatically entered into the system and the point system kicks in. So I get nothing from Norwegian. I haven't gotten anything lately in Carnival, but I guess you can make the argument if you've got three cruises for free on Carnival, you know what? They may have that in their system, and they may be like, yeah, this guy's got enough. I don't care what he's playing. He's got to really – we're going to take a break from giving him some free cruises. So I get that's understandable too, but it's weird how the, how it happened, like the progression and what, like why I was automatically in the beginning, and then I elevate, and then they shut it down. But then Royal Caribbean, they send me offers, and it's basically like a couple of hundred dollars off of sailing, a couple of 150 250 300 off of sailing. And you know what? That's cool. I'll take that. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, not free cruises. It's not anything like that, but it does help and it does add up and it does contribute. That's, you know, consider like $300 of onboard credit or $300 that, you know, if a cruise is 900 bucks, yours is now 600. So I'll take that. That's cool. And uh, it's also a lot of times free drinks in the casino, which affects me zero because I'm getting the drink package anyway. Moving on. Hey, Tom, I hope I answered the question for you. Uh, Tommy, just listen to your latest podcast. Great work. We were on the inaugural Horizon Cruise the day after the naming ceremony. So we were like two ships in the wind. The pun count is up to three. Uh, It was a four-day Bermuda cruise. Way too short for such a beautiful ship. If you have any questions I might be able to help you with after spending a few nights on her, I'd be happy to help. Glad to hear you chose her for your crew booking. Uh, We knew we were paying a premium, but the convenience of leaving out of New York City, we live in New Jersey, but work in New York City, made it irresistible to be uh, to be on a brand new ship over a holiday weekend. We are a huge fan of the Filipino cover bands Carnival uses. Their selections of songs are music and musical ability is amazing. We were on the Miracle out of Tampa this past February, and we were glued to the Red Frog Pub because every night rocking out was the cover band. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Horizon had a non-Filipino band for their mainstream band. While they sounded good too, something was missing. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> They didn't seem to have the passion, fun that the Filipino bands have. Just my two cents. For whatever reason, Carnival seems to use the Filipino bands on the older ships. When we were on the Sunshine, I know you hated it, they didn't have one either. Well, the Sunshine's an old ship. Well, a couple of things. First and foremost, yeah, the four day to Bermuda. That's a short little cruise, but I get why you did it. You wanted to go on the inaugural sailing, and that you can't knock that. And that's a, a beautiful new ship. Yeah, it does suck because they are charging a premium, and you know the the they're just expensive. That ship is expensive right now. It's in a prime city. It's a prime cruise ship, and it's doing prime itineraries. And even the one out of Miami, I have the first one actually going out of my actually the second one. There's like a fake ass one, like a broke a couple of days cruise uh, out of uh, Miami. That's like a two day filler cruise that just goes to the Bahamas and back. But the first actual sailing on the horizon out of Miami is the one I'm going on. The ones from New York uh, to the Bermuda are expensive, man. They really are. So, you know, good for you that you had the means to pay for it. Enjoy it. And I hope you, uh, you know, maybe not been the best as far as bang for your buck. Sounds good. I would definitely love some information, Steve, on the uh, on the horizon. Like I said, I was on it for the one night. I feel like I got a pretty good lay of the land. You tell me if I'm wrong. I bet Guys is the place to be after, after dark, as well as that Havana Lounge. I bet those places places go off and the piano bar as always i know many of the carnival ships but um okay so the filipino thing you know that is one of the most fascinating things
things. I've talked about it on a podcast before, I think. And you know what? We're not politically correct. So take this how you want. This is just me being real. I don't know what it is about Filipino people that make them so good at freaking music. I don't get it. Uh, they they clearly love karaoke. Um, they clearly are. You know what I mean? I guarantee they probably are, didn't grow up with the music that they play on these cruise ships but yet they do adapt to it and do a great job with it i was on the miracle and i told you guys previously that you know that band played everything from the beatles to lady gaga to everything and they nailed it every time this guitar player played van halen and he came out on the deck party grabbed his guitar and started shredding it and played it indistinguishable version of eruption from van halen if you i actually yeah now it's coming back to me i played the song on one of the podcasts and it's just some of the most unimaginable guitar work you'll ever hear and this filipino guy just nailed it to take it even further journey that's right don't stop believing journey uh lost their singer steve perry because he was just done with the tour life he wanted to come off the road and they needed a singer where did they go they got a filipino guy so, you know what? Call it what you want. Call it stereotype. Listen, this is one of those complimentary stereotypes. Filipinos, you're damn good at music. I don't know what they do. Do they like train them at like three years old to, 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 to sing and play instruments? I don't get it either. I'm with you, Steve. I mean, I'm not going to go as to so far as to say I'll be disappointed if there's a Filipino band that's not there and I get on the horizon and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to cruise on that ship again. The, the bands weren't Filipino. What I saw was some country acts in the uh, guys, guys, uh, pig and anchor, some acoustic stuff, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it's good. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's weird. You're not really supposed to say this. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, you're not supposed. I, I, that's the way I feel about it. And talking, going off the cuff from a politically correct standpoint, I feel like you're clearly not supposed to say things about certain ethnicities that are negative you're not supposed to because it's ignorant because you're signaling them out because of this negative thing and that's uh you know i guess divisive exclusive whatever the word is um but no problem saying something that's complimentary so that's to me that's just a social kind of uh hypocrisy right there if there's good things about a certain culture and it's okay to say that wouldn't you kind of think that there's probably bad things that are that are that are like consistent with that same culture, but that has to be swept under a rug? I don't know. To me, it's just like a little bit of a thing where you know what it is, what it is. It's I get it, I get why. Clearly, you don't want to, but I don't know. I try to live in the live in the real world and reality, but that just is what it is. But in this case, we're talking, we're saying nothing but good things. And uh, Filipino, and they're always so nice. I mean, they're always smiling too, right? That's another stereotype, but it's complimentary, and they're great. And they're always, you know, Carnival does, it seems to me like Carnival does employ, uh, the, the as far as all the other cruise lines go, car- Carnival, across the board, not just bands, bartenders everywhere, you know, just more Filipino than 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 most. But I love it. I think they do a great job. And Steve, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Like I said, this is going to be the debut. That's right. The debut of a new segment here. Well, maybe not a new segment, just sort of like an extension of the emails. We are going to give you a chance. The phone number is 323-GETAWAY. And it is your chance to shine your ability as the cones out there to be able to get online, get on the phone line, I should say, and appear on the show so we got one and we're going to kick it off very very appropriate that we kick it off with this guy Juan from sacramento here we go what do you got one all right my fellow cones 
This is Juan from the West Coast, Sacramento, with my second take. Didn't go so well the first time. I've got a piece of advice, and I've got a question for Tommy. The piece of advice is don't ask questions on your Facebook groups that you should have asked Tommy. He's going to troll you, going to find you, and he's going to call you out on the Facebook group, and you don't want to be caught with your pants down. Second is the actual question. I should have asked Tommy in the first place. Tommy, we're going to St. Thomas on Carnival Glory. I got three kids, my wife and I. We're not looking to booze, but we do want to take an open-air safari to Mountaintop and then on to Megan's Bay. And then we want to spend some time in Megan's Bay and come back. So what do you think I should pay a taxi to get there? And what do you think I should pay for a regular taxi to get back? All right, everybody. No chogging. Peace. <laughs> no chogging, huh? Well, that's pretty funny. Juan, thank you for the call so much. And let's touch on a couple of things here. First of all, Juan. I was like, you may have gotten a little sensitive off, you know, that you call it a call out and you say, I'm trolling, you know, in all due respect, Juan is, it's so appropriate that Juan is the first one because Juan's been around for a minute. Juan's a excellent friend of the show and a regular contributor, but Juan, man, come on, take it easy. So you go on Facebook and you're in a couple of cruise groups. I'm sure you guys are as well. And you just see the feed. You scroll down the feed and sometimes there is a comment or a question or an inquiry from a lot of, you know, from the people in the group. And it just hits your feed. I don't know the algorithms. I don't know what the deal is and how Facebook sorts it out. But I was scrolling down my regular news feed and I just saw a post in one of the carnival, I think it was carnival something, whatever the group was. And it was one. And he was asking about the St. Thomas thing, the the, the open air safari through St. Thomas. I, all I said was, one, I could probably help you out with that, buddy. And I guess he was like, oh, you caught me. It was like, no big deal. You know, one, no big deal. That's all I'm saying. All right. So to answer your question, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be I'll be straight up with you. We told you the day starts out at Hooters a lot, and uh, that's a little bit of the problem. You know, it's always a negotiation every time. The first time we ever did it, there was four of us, me, Sony, my buddy Joe Lover, and his wife. And the four of us were able to negotiate down to $15 a – wait, was that right? Yeah, it was $15 a person, and we would have this guy for a half a day, and that's what we did. And um, he took us around, and we paid, and that was in 2015, I think. Now, I don't think it's been that cheap since, and then I'll tell you the other time, when I went with the lovely Miss Kay, and we tried to do it, we waited too late, and Mountaintop was closed, but I still wanted the views of the, you know, the top of the mountains and everything. And I convinced this guy, and for the two of us, I paid... 125 bucks or something like that so it's been on quite of a different uh sliding scale i'll say and uh that's all it was so we so i would say probably about maybe let's call it in the middle maybe like 30 30 30 per person it depends if you can get a couple other people on the ship to go with you the key is the more people that you have with you the less you're going to have to pay individually but i will say for an open air safari little bit of a tour you should probably not pay any more than 50 or 60 bucks if you're going at the right time and i would say that don't just have them take you to mountaintop gift shop and back where that is the nicest view probably and that is the uh 
best gift shop and it's got the banana daiquiri bar, which again, not applicable to you because we're not drinking because we got the family trip going on, which is great. Now I would say have him give you th- give you three or four stops. Definitely check out Paradise Point, check it, check out Mountaintop Gift Shop, and then let them know that you want to see some other highly elevated areas. There's a couple up there that also have bars that aren't quite as nice as Mountaintop Gift Shop, but then do that. I guess maybe spend, you could probably spend an hour and a half to two hours doing that, and then come down to Megan's Bay Beach and he'll drop you off there. The only problem is you're going to have to get another cab from Megan's Bay Beach back to Haven site where the cruise terminal is, but that's no big deal. That's going to be five, seven, eight bucks or something like that. So, I wish you a really good time, Juan. I'm excited that you're going to be doing it, and I really, really hope that you're going to hook us up and give us a couple of photographs and this and that so we could see how it went. Uh, Juan, don't sweat it. Keep posting in those groups. I don't think it's accurate to call what I did trolling. I just said, hey, Juan, I can help you out with that. How's that trolling, buddy? (laughs) Love you, brother. Enjoy the trip, and we will talk to you soon. All right, let's see who else we got on the line. Go ahead, caller. Hey, this is Andy, and I was just listening to your podcast, and the person called in and spoke, uh, sorry, emailed in and said that his wife has smoke sensitivity issues, and so my advice would be to actually take that Disney cruise, because um, the smoking is for very specific areas of the ship, um, and like the adult areas are enforced very strictly on the Disney cruise. Uh, The smoking areas are enforced very strictly on the Disney cruise. Um, So they've got specific spaces outside you could smoke. Um, I'm not even sure I saw an indoor smoking area, although I'm sure they must exist. Um, But it's not all over the ship. So, uh, and I really feel like they do a really great job of um, making sure that non-smokers are not bothered by people smoking, probably because they're very family-oriented. But in that same vein, uh, my friends and I are all adults, and we like Disney Cruises because the cruises are so family-oriented, the adult areas are basically empty every time we go, um, which makes them the greatest because the waiters know our name. Uh, in that first day, and we hang out in those adult areas and tear that ship up, man. It's a great time. So you tell that couple, try a Disney cruise, and then if I'm wrong, that they can call your podcast back and yell at me, I guess. Okay, bye. Okay, that was Addy or Andy or Addy. I think it was Andy. If I'm not mistaken. So we, uh, I think that was a repeat. Actually, we got that email as well, which is awesome. So we got the live voice version of Andy explaining uh, her, I guess, viewpoint on her response to the person who was concerned about a non-smoking area or uh, non-smokers having basically uh, not having to deal with anything regarding smoke whatsoever. So she weighed in both, uh, I guess, platforms. So we appreciate that. All right, that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's run through it quick one more time. I want to say a big, big thank you to Juliana from Taurus 2 Local on YouTube. Definitely check that out. By the way, guys, do me a favor. Hit her up. Let her know that you heard her on this show so that we know. know Make yourselves known so we can... uh 
I guess for lack of better terms, make some noise. Let us know. Let people know out there we're for real. Tell her you heard her here, and uh, you want to hear more of her because she did a great job, and uh, we definitely want to have her back as well as uh, find us on uh, Always Be Booked, the Cru- Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram by searching for Always Be Booked. Email me, email me, email me, please. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. And the best thing you could possibly do for this show is to share it with a friend. Also, got the Patreon account, patreon.com. And uh, that's where if you feel so inclined and if you feel the wor- the show is worth donating a dollar or two, three, four, nine, hundred, two hundred, whatever, <laughs> per month, uh, we would appreciate that. Let me know. Uh, and that's pretty much it, Cones. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Tell me It's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat is from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat is from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down. I'll just sleep there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas, and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Oh